Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, Quality Living, with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us every Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard, 88.9 FM, WQCS, National Public Radio of the Treasure Coast, available on Apple iTunes podcasts, as well as the Public Radio Exchange. And of course, there's always uh, social media to keep in touch with us and my emails and all that, Dr. Ken at drkengray.com. Um, we love that you join us and are looking forward to our guest, which we have new guests every week. And this guest in our studio today is Dr. Ricardo Mejia. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the maximum health in pertaining to skin, hair, appearance, cancer, all these things, which are, you know, melanomas. That's right. Mo's and Anything terms like that. Hair to toe, yes, absolutely. <laughs> hair to toe, we, we went into that, uh, which was what you take care of, you and your doctors exactly. and your office, and yes. which has grown over the years. You've been exactly. in Jupiter, Florida for since 2003. We were talking about that. Correct. So let's get into this for our audience, our listeners. Um, so the name of your uh, company is Jupiter Dermatology and Hair Restoration. Yes. Um, there's a lot in that title that really interested me. I did want to start off with the hair restoration because, you know, typically speaking, the uh, the image of hair restoration and the need is a generally a, a balding man. Um, however, the people that I take care of in my office tend to be more the females, mm -hmm. which are dealing with hair loss post-cancer treatment, chemotherapy, yes. even sometimes postpartum, post-birth, giving birth, yes. um, and even sometimes just in an uh, out of the ordinary after certain um, overcoming certain flus, colds, diseases, things like mm -hmm. that, which take a toll on their body in combination with the medications they went through and had an allergic reaction. So there's so many issues there, especially in the female world, that most women are not aware of. Most yeah. men and women are not aware of. You're absolutely correct. And more recently, I've taken care of teenagers with hair loss due to certain uh, interactions with medications or stress or... Um, certain diets that maybe didn't yeah. <laughs> uh, fit their needs, you know, through testing and uh, physical activities and competitions. So there is that whole world, which I want to get into with sure. you um, as a professional in this area, taking care of our people. Okay. Uh, so tell me again, you've been here in Jupiter since 2003, but before that, Yes, I've been in uh, Jupiter since 2003, uh -huh. and I did a specialty in hair restoration surgery. I did a right. fellowship for a year in hair restoration surgery, focusing 
all on right. restoring hair surgically and non-surgically. And as a dermatologist, uh, we're board certified and our specialty is hair loss. So I encompass everything from mm. hair, skin, and nails. Gotcha. So when it comes to women, what are you seeing in your female patients? What is What are you taking care of these days? Well, especially with women in hair loss, yeah. the biggest thing, as you've already mentioned, is they come in you know, complaining that their hair is falling out. Mm-hmm. And you've touched on a lot of things already mm-hmm. because one thing that listeners need to really be aware of is there's a difference between just slow, gradual thinning, male or female pattern genetic hair loss, mm-hmm. which you know we can't really change the genetics, mm-hmm. to shedding hairs. And this is a type of hair loss that occurs when you wake up and you're in the shower and all of a sudden it's just falling out or you comb your hair and it's like, oh my God, where is this hair coming from? Why is it all falling out? And they're collecting bags of hair. And they come to my office and say, look, doc, I got these bags of hair. That's scary. Really scary. It is. And, you know, that leads to a second problem, which I'll get into, which is obviously the stress factor. Right, yeah. But what most patients and your listeners won't understand is that when you experience that hair loss and you say, what's going on? It's nothing that happened today. Mm. It's what happened three months ago Mm -hmm. because the hair cycle is on a three-month delay. That is a detail that I don't think your average person knows. That's correct. And that's, you know, part of my focus is on educating patients Mm -hmm. to understanding this process so that they can deal with it, Mm -hmm. feel better, and get to their maximum health and Mm -hmm. Mm well-being about understanding their hair loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, you got to go back three months and find out what was a contributing factor. And you already mentioned, you know, postpartum. Mm-hmm. You know, when uh, when a when a woman delivers a baby, their estrogens are really high, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's a precipitous drop. And then guess what? Three months later, they experience hair loss, and this is what we call postpartum telogen effluvium. And the same thing can happen with, you know, stress, illnesses, mm-hmm. fevers, as you mentioned. Yep diarrhea, weight loss, medications, you know, new medications, thyroid problems, iron deficiency, anemia. A lot of factors can cause this issue, but three months later. Right. And that's telogen effluvium? Yes. Telogen is the um, hair that's in a resting phase. Mm. What I tell my patients and your listeners should understand is that hair has a growth cycle which is called antigen. And this is where hair grows for a period of two to five years. Once it finishes that stage, it enters into a small stage called catagen and then telogen, which is the resting phase of the hair. And this lasts for about three months. This is where your hairs are gonna fall out. 90% of our hairs are in the growth or antigen stage and 10% are in the telogen or the shedding phase. Mm. And we normally lose about 50 to 150 hairs per day, and sometimes we don't notice it. But, as you've mentioned, when things happen in life, medical illnesses, medications, all of a sudden there's a shift of hairs from the antigen phase to the telogen, and you have a higher proportion of hairs in telogen. And guess what? They're going to fall out in about three months after a significant event. Mm. Wow. So, and that can happen to anyone. Absolutely. No matter age or or male or female. No, and and you mentioned, you know, even younger people. I had a 25-year-old, you know, guy with 
a lot of thick hair. Mm. Came back, half of it was gone. And I said, you could see right through his scalp. And mm. I said, well, what happened three months ago? And he started crying mm. and he said, my sister died in a tragic car accident and I've been a wreck. Oh, so that stress alone, yeah, deep, deep, deep stress, yeah, emotional, deep stress emotional stress causes, yeah. you know, a significant shift in your emotions, your health, your yeah. well-being, yeah. and it manifests as hair loss, right? And you see it three months later, right? And that's different than something like chemotherapy. Explain the res the the hair loss due to chemotherapy. Yeah. Or is it different? I yeah, mean, there is there is different. Yeah. You know, there are certain you know medications. There's there's what's called telogen effluvium, which is a resting phase, mm -hmm. and then there's something called antigen effluvium, mm -hmm. and antigen is, uh, as we said, the growth phase, yeah. but this causes a premature um, shift of the hair follicles, you know, the antigen hair follicles to fall out, mm -hmm. so they don't really go through the whole phase of, mm -hmm. of, of their cycle, mm -hmm. and this is a different type of hair loss. Mm -hmm. And, and so when you look at all of these sort of reasons, and you're obviously connecting the holistic idea that the body itself, the, 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 the mechanism of the body is tied to the scalp. And for a long time, I don't know if people really connected their health and well-being to their hair. Absolutely. Right. I do because it's part of my teaching and yes. learning in, in holistic medicine, doctor yes. oriental medicine, that we're told, for instance, that the kidneys is very much the root or powerhouse, if you look at it, as uh, and the essence is a result of keeping hair in the scalp, which th that could be tied to genetics as far as the health and youth aspect. Yes. But the, uh, the blood content, not whether or not you're anemic or not, but the blood content itself, the richest of it, is reflected in the actual hair thickness or brittleness, you know, lack thereof, so forth. Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said about where those worlds connect and what you're saying today about how these diseases or illnesses and stress and traumas can affect yes. your parents. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest difficulties is, you know, when you have a, a a problem mm -hmm. and it's acutely happening and yeah. you experience it for the first time yeah okay you know you don't understand it right but then especially in women you know hair loss is a significant significant factor yeah and stress and the stress of hair loss alone will compound compounds a problem yeah. and creates like another cycle yeah. and it keeps on going and it becomes what's called chronic telogen effluvium, which can last two to five years if they wow. don't understand the issue, they don't try to solve it and, mm -hmm. you know, resolve and get back to their maximum health yeah. as best they can. Mm -hmm. And they just kind of keep losing hairs. Right. And stress is the biggest, you know, factor. Now, a, a, a physician such as yourself is usually the first stop. I'm not the first uh, sought after in these cases. I usually end up uh, working on patients when they have had either, you know, lack of success with Correct. certain, uh, you know, processes or, or methods. Um, and then I try to work them and heal them from the inside out, which Correct. is kind of what we're talking But however, since you are the gatekeeper, you're the first that a, a patient will generally seek mm -hmm. after. Tell me your first approach. What is the treatments in this day, two, 2020, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for hair restoration look like? 
Well, when we're talking about this type of Because it used to be loss, limited to what? Two yeah, pays, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if, yeah. we're t- if we're talking about like this yeah. hair loss, the yeah. telogen effluvium, right. okay, it's really, you know, we do under investigate, you know, hormonal causes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we check, you know, labs to make sure there's not a, a hormonal imbalances. Okay. And we have had patients that, you know, we found polycystic ovary disease mm-hmm. as a factor in an underlying wow. disease yeah. that yeah. can cause hair loss. Yeah. Uh, we have found patients that have been, you know, severely anemic mm-hmm. and that was one of the reasons for their hair loss and even thyroid deficiencies but you know when all the labs come back normal then you know it really comes down to you know solving the process of helping them understand the problem and their Mm -hmm. stress Mm -hmm. relief and the biggest solution that i can give people is stress relief Mm. and sometimes it's just telling them that you're not going to go bald you're not going to lose all your hair and it's going to regrow right okay Right. So you, you act as counselor at that point before in, in even doing re- any treatments. In many respects, yeah. the biggest thing that I can do mm-hmm. is to absolutely counsel them right. and reassure them and give them hope that right. it's going to get better. Right. Because if you can deal with strictly getting that person at ease, yeah. um, it's, it's m- much, I've solved their problem. Yeah. And sometimes to be a doctor is not giving medicines. Mm. It's not giving them a pill or a prescription. Right, 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 yeah. It's you know helping that person deal with the situation. Right. Yeah, the first doctors, w- the, the original title of doctor is teacher. Exactly. So, so right, yes. So now you you do the counseling and all that, but what's the next phase? What it, what do the treatments, the surgeries, if there are some, and the new medication? What what are what does all that look like? And this day and age. Yeah. Well, you know, when we're talking about other types of hair loss for like male pattern Mm. baldness or Mm -hmm. female pattern baldness and, you know, it's not shedding, then there are different medical treatments and surgical treatments. And there have been a lot of advancements in the field of hair restoration surgery to basically take the hairs from the back of the scalp and move them to the front. Traditionally, there was a procedure called follicular unit transplant where we would take out a strip of hair from the back and move all those hair follicles to the front. Now we're moving into the field of what we call follicular unit excision, where we individually remove the hair follicles surgically from the back of the scalp and transplant them to the front. Mm -hmm. And when you take the hair follicles from the back, which are more resistant hair follicles to male pattern baldness or female Mm -hmm. pattern baldness, they have the genetic code to stay longer. And when you move them to the front, they're going to be there for a much longer time. Mm Yeah, the, the, is that painful though? I mean, well, it is a surgical procedure, right. so it does require anesthesia okay. and so forth. But you know, most patients usually say it's not as bad as I thought it was. Okay. But like any surgery, you know, it is, um, you know, it requires anesthesia, and it is a needle to anesthetize and so mm-hmm. forth. But when done correctly, it shouldn't be too bad. Right. Similar to acupuncture, I mean, you're doing needles, but it's yeah. not that bad. Right, yeah, there's there's definitely um, a, a misconception of, in most cases, of something that you perceive to be Correct. painful versus when you actually try it. Correct. Uh, so it's always good to experience for yourself because everyone's pain tolerance is different, everyone's um, case is going to be different. Yes. So, yeah, I, I could see where the fear of it may be worse than the actuality of it. Yes, and <laughs> in hair restoration... You know, with these procedures, it's gotten to be, you know, if you're trained in the art of it yeah. and you've been doing it correctly, you know, the results are very natural. Mm-hmm. They're undetectable. And people shouldn't say, oh, what a nice hair transplant you yeah. have. Yeah. You know, 
most people don't even know, and many of my patients go to hairstylists and their hairstylists don't even know that they've had right. hair restoration or surgical transplants done. Now, if they're not a con candidate for that sort of uh, procedure, what else is there? Is there a way to stimulate? Yes, there are different ways to stimulate the hair. One of the medications is Propecia or Finasteride, generic medication Finasteride in men. Uh, it's used off-label in women that are not of childbearing potential who are, or who have had hysterectomy, but it, it blocks the conversion of testosterone to dihydrotestosterone. And it's been shown in studies that it's the dihydrotestosterone, typically in males, that causes male pattern baldness. Mm -hmm. So by re reducing the DHT level in men systemically, it will allow the hair to grow. And mm. this has been proven. It works. And we do prescribe it to our, to our patients. Gotcha. Um, go ahead. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing is minoxidil. Minoxidil yeah, is a very common over-the-counter medication, otherwise known as Rogaine is a trade name. But minoxidil at a 5% concentration for men used twice a day also helps to stimulate hair growth. Right. And it w in women, they used to have it at 2%. It's now available at 5% strength. Mm -hmm. And we do recommend it to be used as an ongoing maintenance to mm -hmm. help improve the quality of the hair. And that's working on the surface? That's working on the follicles? It's working it's on the follicles, yeah, okay. yes. It's just stimulating them to do... It's, it's helping to improve the hair follicles, the growth factors, to, mm -hmm. to get them to continue to mm -hmm. survive and not to kind of miniaturize or slowly wither away. Gotcha. Any side effects? Um, with minoxidil... Uh, in, with minoxidil, mostly irritation of the scalp. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the generic medications or the generic brands have propylene glycol, and that can sometimes cause scalp irritation. Okay. Um, minoxidil is a blood pressure medication, but it very rarely, mm -hmm. I've not had many patients complain of blood pressure problems or anything of that nature. Okay. I think I had one patient complaining of headaches, but other than that, mm -hmm. it's very minimal side effects, if any. Now, you know, it's interesting uh, thinking about scalp irritation, all that led me to think of the other aspect of what you do, which is dealing with skin cancers and yes. exposure of the scalp to the sun, which obviously in southern states like Florida, <laughs> golfers, uh, havens, places like that where maybe scalps might be uh, exposed to the sun, the the heightening or the chances of skin cancer is a little bit greater. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of skin cancers. I did want to mention one extra thing about the uh, hair treatments that mm -hmm. are available because you're seeing a lot of it now too, which is platelet-rich plasma. Mm. PRP is being used a lot. That's more recent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's being used a lot for a variety of different things. I mean, they're using it for injecting bones right. and spines. Yeah. Yeah. Joints. Um, yeah. Joint. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, you know, people using it for the face, for skin rejuvenation, and it's it's been getting a lot of attention in hair, and many of the studies have shown some benefit because it does have growth factors that may help stimulate hair follicles. Now, the issue sometimes with PRP, platelet-rich plasma, is getting a pure concentration of platelets to really do the right job because not all PRPs are created equal. Mm. Some people are taking just the regular tiger top tubes, collecting your blood and spinning it down and calling it PRP. And sometimes those tiger top tubes can have certain chemicals in it which deactivate the platelets so it's not really going to work. Mm. So, you know, PRP, while it's out there and being advertised as a miracle cure, you gotta make sure that you're getting the right PRP and it's done correctly. Yes. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. So going over to the other more extreme work they do, saving individuals with skin cancer. Yes. 
Yes. Um, which can, you know, happen on the scalp as well as the ears. And you said there's been other body parts, which you've seen it, which right. are not as easily spotted. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. And, and well, they're very, the, the worst type of skin cancer, which is a melanoma, which most dermatologists and all dermatologists really want to educate patients about checking your skin. And this is kind of a mole that can be asymmetrical. We, we talk about the ABCDs, mm. a mole that is asymmetrical. Right. One side doesn't look like the other. The borders are irregular. It's kind of jagged. The color is not uniform. It's kind of black, gray, blue. Mm -hmm. Red. Um, yeah. Red, yes. Yeah. And sometimes what's called amelanotic is a r very rare form of a, a melanoma that's not pigmented. Uh, the diameter is usually greater than the size of an eraser pencil. Mm -hmm something that has been changing in elevation so it was flat and now it's growing these are all signs that of a potential melanoma and should be investigated and you know we are seeing them quite frequently and obviously being in florida you mm -hmm. know sun is a major factor in helping to stimulate these melanomas to grow but not all melanomas are sun exposed they can occur in areas where the sun does not shine okay mm -hmm. so <laughs> so yes, get, have have get all body nitty gritty. Ha, have all your body parts <laughs> yeah. checked. Yeah, out. that's okay. important because that's something that I think most people again they think exposed parts in that's terms correct. of hands, shoulders, you know, yep. back, face, yes, face, nose, Legs, you know, yeah. things. But yeah. they can be other places. Yes. Why is that? Because you think it has to, it would have to be exposed. It has to do to with the, the embryological development of the uh, melanoma cells from what's called the neural crest cells. Okay. But it just it just occurs, and mm -hmm. we have had to remove melanomas in body part areas where, you mm -hmm. know, are usually not exposed to the sun. Mm -hmm. So like buttocks. Buttocks, rectal areas, a, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 want to use clinical terms. Yes, penises and vaginas, yes. Wow. They have occurred in those areas. Even yeah. in young women, you know, there are articles of 10-year-old women that have had them. Or yeah. 10-year-old girls, I should say. Yeah, um, that's a so very revealing point, if no pun intended. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Wow, so that's good to get checked. Yes, um, always check your moles yeah, out. Yeah. We say take a look at them, and if yeah. you find something there that's looking abnormal, mm -hmm. um, have it checked out. Yeah. Now, treatment-wise, uh, obviously, you, you mentioned you do Mohs surgery. Yes. In your facility. Explain what that is, because I know people have heard it, but they yes. may not know what that is. Um, because it's, it's the a most very it's a special. Yes. It's a the special most thing. common type of uh, skin cancer is basal cell, mm -hmm. and then squamous cell. Mm -hmm. And um, Mohs is a speci specialized way of removing the skin cancers, where yeah. you examine the peripheral margins margins in a 360 degree plane. Right. So you're going to get a higher cure rate, lower chance of recurrence, mm -hmm. and it's more tissue sparing because you do it while the patient is there and mm -hmm. you have the lab there at your facility right. and you check the margins and make sure it's all clear before mm -hmm. you do the plastic surgery reconstruction, which we all do on the same day. Right. What does that stand for, Mose? Mose is Frederick Mose. He's the guy that developed the technique you okay. know, from Wisconsin. Okay. Interesting. So it's his last name. Right. So it's not like an acronym for it. No. <laughs> Many people think it stands for micrographic yeah. surgery, but it's really just the patient's last name. Oh, okay. Good to know. It could have been the gray technique. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not in this lifetime. <laughs> um, so so the uh, that happens, and then they have to be sent to a plastic surgeon, I believe, right? Um, no, not necessarily. You mm -hmm. know, um, in my in my Mohs Fellowship 
in my Mohs residency training, we had a lot of plastic surgeons train us, and dermatologists are trained in plastic surgery techniques. Right. So there are many dermatologists that are trained in plastic surgery reconstruction, right. which it, I am one of them. Right. And so we do all the um, surgical in-house. reconstruction in-house on the same day. Okay. So if it requires a flap, moving skin around, or a graft, where we take it from behind the ear and patch it, or just a straight, simple repair, right. we can do that all on the same day. Huh. So it doesn't need to necessarily go um, to an outside uh, physician. So, and, and for those of you that missed the beginning of the show, we're, we're speaking with Dr. Mejia from Jupiter Dermatology and Hair Restoration. And, and I love your mission is, is to provide the highest quality care in a relaxing professional environment. Uh, your staff and team are, are dedicated dermatologists. Um, you have physician assistants, you have uh, estheticians, and basically it's from hair to toe. Yes, and our right. goal is to wow our patients. Right. So now, what are some of the precautions or things you want to share with our listeners out there? Besides, obviously, you touched on looking after your moles, um, um, not being stressed over random hair loss. What, what are some key you know, pieces of advice you would give to them in regards to um, skin and hair? Well, I think the most important thing with uh, hair and hair loss is just, you know, if you're losing it, don't be stressed out and just it's going to get better mm-hmm. or get evaluated. As, a, as far as skin cancer is concerned, cover up, use sunblock, don't get sunburned, mm-hmm. and check your moles and learn to identify melanoma. Yeah. Okay, it is on our skin. It is easily visible. So it is something that if you know about them, you can easily find and that's why we are seeing melanomas earlier because people are being more educated about it and um, you know seek a good board certified dermatologist if you're not sure and you need proper you know care or surgery right and then as far as stress I know acupuncture is very helpful so if you're listening to this you're not in this area don't have access to me or Dr. Mejia to counsel you and calm you uh, I, I would say a holistic approach of acupuncture yoga good nutrition Checking your nutrition is Absolutely. key because if you're not getting the building blocks for hair, that's probably another Absolutely. issue. And I know there's uh, some over-the-counter stuff like Biosil and you know uh, all sorts of supplements out yes. there that may be helpful. Um, and, and I recommend all those things to my patients, whatever right. you can do to reduce your stress. Right, right. Um, give us some contact information to, to find you and to um, benefit from your services. Well, our office is uh, at the Driftwood Plaza on US 1, Mm -hmm. 2101 US Highway 1. Our telephone number is 561-748-0510, and our website is jupiterderm.com. Wonderful. This has been another Maximum Health, and hopefully you've received uh, some information to help you with your quality living. Uh, If you've missed any portion of this show, uh, again, Apple, iTunes podcast, the public radio exchange, just look up Maximum Health, Dr. Ken Gray, G-R-E-Y. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can email me directly, drken at drkengray.com. For the next Star Summit Talk, Science, Technology, Healing Arts, Renaissance, we ask the question, where are we now with our relationship to love, our relationship to intimacy, to marriage, and to teenagers? It will take place at the Norton Museum of Art on Saturday, February 8th, 2020, 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Our panelists for this amazing and timely Star Summit talk include Chrissy DeShiel, contemporary jazz, soul, R&B songwriter, singer on Relationship to Love, Nicole Prouse, American neuroscientist on Relationship to Intimacy, 
Dr. Russell Bourne, clinical psychologist on relationship to marriage, Ruthie Steinberg, Supreme Court certified licensed mental health counselor on relationship to teenagers. You can get your tickets now via eventbrite.com. They're $23.50. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, Dr. Mejia. This has been really helpful. I hope uh, that if anyone out there needs any more information, they will contact you and, and continue to achieve the best maximum health they can.